0: I was smoking three to five. Now I cannot smoke in my office, so I'm smoking like two a day.
1: That sounds like my bourbon (laughs) regimen.
2: Hey everyone, it's episode 321 of Bourbon Pursuit, the podcast featuring news, reviews, and interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Coleman, and before we start today's episode, talking about cigars and bourbon, here's your weekly bourbon news update. Well, there's not too much news, so we're going to go straight into bourbon release news. Four Roses has announced the 2021 limited edition small batch. This year, it has a 16-year OESV that makes up 58% of the blend, with a 12-year-old OESK at 23%, And the others are a 14-year OBSQ and a 16-year OBSV. It's bottled at Cask Drink, which is 114.2 proof, with about 14,500 bottles to go around this year. And it's going to be released with a price tag of $150. The public lottery to pick up a bottle at Four Roses Distillery can be found at fourroses.com. The Denver Broncos and Breckenridge Distillery have released a limited edition orange and blue Broncos bourbon blends in honor of Breckenridge bourbon whiskey being named the official hometown bourbon of the Broncos. The first two releases are called the Champions Blend and feature a QR code where fans can vote for their favorite of the two blends. To make the inaugural batch, a group of Broncos legends, Broncos cheerleaders, alumni, and superfans all competed in a blending battle where the blue and orange teams faced off. Widow Jane Distillery has announced it's adding Lucky 13 bourbon to its range of year-round offerings. Lucky 13 is aged, well, of course, 13 years in American oak barrels, and they are hand-picked by Widow Jane president and head distiller, Lisa Wicker, who you heard back on episode 312. It's proofed with limestone-rich water from the legendary Rosendale Mines of New York, and is initially released as single-private barrel programs, and it was offered at a variety of proofs. Lucky 13 will now be available exclusively at 93 proof, non-chill filtered, and is done in small batches with just a little bit more than a handful of barrels at a time, and has a suggested retail price of $100. Barrelcraft Spirits has announced their 2021 BCS Bourbon, which is a special blend of straight bourbon whiskeys matured for 15 years, coming from Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. This ultra premium limited edition release is bottled at cash strength, which is 100.4 proof and has a suggested retail price of $250 and will be available at select US retailers and online. So cigars, it's one of the best ways to enjoy a nice glass of bourbon. The flavors and aromas, they all become enhanced into a better overall experience together. And we talked about cigars and bourbon back on episode 129, with Jeremy and Jake from Jake Cigar Lounge. But this time we're joined by E.B. Lou, a cigar sommelier, a certified bourbon steward, and she also operates the Instagram account Cigar Lover 12, and she's been smoking cigars for probably longer than me and you combined. We talk about tasting notes, aging cigars, fake Cubans, and the overhyped barrel-aged cigars. With that, enjoy today's episode, and now here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char.
3: I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. This week's idea comes from Matthew Sikowski, who writes me on fredminnick.com. Does an age statement reflect only the time in the barrel? I'm curious if a bourbon was aging faster than normal. Could it be moved into a stainless steel container and have the age statement reflect the entire time up to bottling? Thanks, and I love your Above the Char moments on Bourbon Pursuit. Well, great question there, Matthew. Uh, so it's a pretty simple answer for you. Once it's removed from the barrel, the aging by law stops. So the age statement that they can place on there it's just it's it's gone. Like it like it's whatever whatever age statement, uh, whatever the age was from the time it left the barrel, that's it. Once it goes into the stainless steel drum or whatever, you know that does not count. In fact, there are some stainless steel drums at uh, Sazerac that have been, uh, you know been around for a long time and the clock is not ticking on those they're just there so yeah that's a pretty easy one and if, in fact if you think about it all the flavor comes from the barrel and all the color and everything so you know i wish more people would put age statements on their bottles i think it is a really great uh, educational tool for us consumers but um you know hey it, it helps them save money and they make more money without an age statement because they're not beholden to an age for a product. I mean, and as Bernie lovers often says, this is not the bourbon charity, this is the bourbon business. But that's going to do it for this week's Above the Char. Hey, if you want to be like Matthew, hit me up on fredminnick.com and click that contact button and we will uh, maybe read your question on the air. Until next week, cheers.
2: And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome everybody to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. Kenny and Ryan here talking about something that pairs well with bourbon. And we've had this, we've had a a, a podcast a long time ago talking about cigars and bourbon, but we have another great guest today that is a a cigar sommelier that's gonna kind of give us a a little bit more information about it. And Ryan, I know you're a you're a bit bit bigger of a cigar person than I am.
1: I wouldn't say I'm big, but I dabble. I have friends that uh, that are big into cigars and by hanging out with them I get they want to take me down with them. So uh, <laughs> they uh, no they I have some friends who have some great collections and I've had some fantastic cigars. Uh, not too knowledgeable about them, so I'm excited about this because I like to know want to know what I'm enjoying, what I need to be looking for and pairing with my bourbon. But I've had some good Cubans, I've had some good Dominicans. I, I love Partagas D fours. Those are like my go to. Every time I see my friends have that, I'm like, give me one of those. Those are those are good. And the B hickeys are too. And I know I'm probably those are probably two high dollar cigars, but man, they're really good.
2: I don't even know what a go the go to for mine is whatever's available and what somebody's handing me because that's that's about as much as I know, but I do know <laughs> that I'm a bigger fan of like uh very, uh, light, like Connecticut rapper kind of stuff and not like very heavy char tobacco kind of whatever, just because my, my fragile body just can't handle it.
1: Yeah. I like the shorter medium ones, about 30 minutes long. You give me an hour or two hour long. I'm I'm like folded, you know, I'm just like Just see you later. Good
2: night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk about some long ashes and everything right here in a second. So today on the show, we have Evie's Lou. She is also known as Cigar Lover 12 on Instagram. She is a certified bourbon steward and a cigar sommelier and also working on her scotch certificate as well. So Evie's welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
2: That's one hell of a a pedigree. That's way more than we can say. I know. Now. Before we kind of dive into this, um, you know, let's let's learn about a little bit more about your background and, and where you came from and really what got you into cigars and then what got you into kind of pairing them and, and mixing with the spirit side as well.
0: Well, I was born in Cuba, in Havana, so I guess that's in my DNA, the reason why I love cigars so much. So, uh, actually, the smell, since I was little, I was like, oh my God, it smells so good, you know. So, when I was uh, done with college, I needed a part-time, so I'm like, I just, you know, going to find something close to my house, a little, I don't know, like retail. I've been in sales since I was 17. So I found this beautiful cigar shop in Little Havana. They were hiring. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be here for a few months. You know, like, I'm done with school. I'm going to start my career. And uh, I just fell in love. My idea was a few months. I ended up working for five years. So I learned a lot. It was, uh, I remember the owner gave me a book and he told me like, oh, read the book. You're going to have a test in a week. i like, this is serious, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I I knew cigars, like the idea, like the smell. And, you know, I knew Cuban cigars because I was born in Cuba. Like everyone smoked cigars, almost like I would say 80% of the population. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that was how everything started. Just like I didn't went back to my career, stayed in cigar. Now I work for the cigar. It's been new. It's going to be 10 years working in the in this beautiful industry. And that's why I ended uh, with cigars.
2: So also kind of talk about, do you remember when when you had your first cigar? Do you remember what age you were?
0: Yes. Well, actually, <laughs> this is a little bit embarrassing. I was like seven. Uh, my aunt was having a cigar and, you know, she went to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, this is my time to kind of sneak and try to light it up. So I was doing with matches. My mom caught me. I was in timeout. I don't know. I was grounded for, for a year. Because she didn't smoke. So my mom is like, oh, my God, stay away. That's bad for your health. Blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I didn't smoke it. I tried. I did a little bit puff, you know, but I didn't really have a cigar. So when I was like 17 on Christmas uh, was my first real experience with Romeo and Juliet, a Cuban Romeo and Juliet. And then I was like, wow, like, you know, this is cool. I want to know more. So when I found that job, it was an opportunity to li- really know what's behind this, you know, like for me, it was just, I know what is a cigar, but I didn't know the history. I didn't know like how much, how many people are behind only one cigar, you know, it's like literally 400 people behind this thing. They planted the, the tobacco seed in the field until the final process. It's incredible.
2: From what I've understood as well, is that you had mentioned the culture is, is really heavy on cigars. And it's not uncommon to see grandmas walking down the street in Cuba smoking a cigar.
0: Well, actually, it's just like I know here people are like, oh, my God, you're a girl. You smoke cigar. Oh, how you think about women smoking cigar? I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I was raised in, in, in a country that, that is so normal. You know, people don't look at you like, oh, you know, like all oh, ladies, everyone like, you know, it's in or TNA. You know, it's just like everything started in Cuba. When I find, you know, I see women smoking cigars, for me, that's normal. You know, in this country, you don't see it that, like, it's rare, you know, like, when you see a female having a cigar. But for me, it's normal. (laughs) It's just part of, like, okay, it's just another one.
1: (laughs) So, what is the history of why of Cuba? You know, is, you know, that's their culture, part of their culture, part of their history, heritage. What kind of was the catalyst for all that? Is it just because tobacco grows great there and they were like
0: here we go well the thing with cuba is uh cuba is like i mean i'm not into wine but like french wine people that doesn't know about wine they know that french wine they're they're amazing they're one of the best right and people that they don't know much about cuban uh i mean in general cigar they, you know in the movies you see all this scar face and you say like okay cuban cigars are so well known and the thing with Cuba is that in general, the country, the weather, the soil, they have the perfect condition to grow tobacco. So that's why they're so famous and known, like the quality. But nowadays, the quality control is not that good. Everyone in the industry knows that. Is they have a high demand to send tobacco to Europe. So Europe is the number one. We have the embargo. It's not trading between Cuba and United States. So the number, the con- the number one country consuming tobacco is United States, no doubt. So Cuba doesn't have that market. So they only export to Europe, right? So what's going on in the industry is kind of crazy because like a lot of people still thinking that Cuban are the best. And they're always going to be famous. They're always going to be, and I'm telling you, there's some really good Cuban cigars, but they're hard to find. They're hard to find because they don't wait. They, there's so many steps, you know. It's the same with bourbon, you know. You, you need to the process like you need to age, you need to, you know. The, there's so many steps. But the thing with tobacco, if you accelerate that, you know, you're not l- letting the tobacco age. I mean, like, for example, Placentia Cigar I have one cigar that has been aged for 10 years. I think the oldest tobacco Cuba has right now is maybe two, two, three years old. So they don't wait because they have so the demand is so high, they cannot let those cigars age, you know? And besides that, they keep planting in the same soil than Nicaragua and Dominican. And what they do is when they end one season, they plant corn, tomatoes, potatoes to bring those mineral everything to that field, right? To the soil. They need to like if you keep planting tobacco and tobacco and tobacco, obviously the that soil is gonna be like tired of like planting the same and getting, you know, as you're not giving me anything back, you're not giving me any, you know. So in Nicaragua, they do that. They plant corn, they do tomatoes, potatoes, you know, they're a family. Actually, tobaccos are in the same family of tomatoes and potatoes. People don't know that. It's kind of funny. But yeah, it's the same family. <laughs> I,
2: I think Ryan schooled me on a crop rotation at one time, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got uh, it's similar
1: here. You know, we a lot of people grow corn, but if you grow corn all the time, it's such a nitrogen hog that it will deplete the soil of ton of nutrients. So you have to plant soybeans, which are a legume. A Legume is a variety that uh, produces its own nitrogen and nutrients. So it right. will put not the nutrients back into the soil. And then you plant wheat because wheat has a deep, vast root system that will aerate the soil and make room for the next batch of corn. So you have to keep constantly rotating otherwise yeah you're right you do starve the the soil and not growing up I actually did tobacco my grandfather had a small couple acres of tobacco and my god that's hard work uh that that one uh when you're cutting it and hanging it up in the hot ass barn you're sweating your ass off you're like oh man this is uh podcasting is much better
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot of work i'm glad you know that
1: <laughs> yeah so do you know if uh did you bring over tobacco, or was uh, Cuba was tobacco already growing there?
0: Well, actually, the first fac- factory in the world is in Sevilla, in Spain. But I the tobacco was from Cuba. There are some countries they even grow tobacco in China. You can grow tobacco in your backyard, but the quality is not going to be that good. So that's why countries like Cuba, Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras, even Costa Rica. Uh, In Connecticut, it's a lot of uh, I mean, you have the Connecticut wrapper is growing in Connecticut, but they only grow the wrapper because the filler and the binder, obviously, they don't do that well in Connecticut. So you don't find a tobacco 100 percent made in Connecticut. You can make it, but the quality flavor wise, you know, so you can grow tobacco anywhere, but it's not going to be the same as you grow in Cuba or Nicaragua that, you know, the rain, the amount of rain in the year, the soil, the weather, it, it, you know, it's just a lot of factors can ruin the whole crop, you know?
1: Yeah. And with Cuban cigars, uh, a lot of my friends, they say, you know, if you're going to get into Cubans, um, you know, you have to get a good source over in Europe, you know, similar to here where we had a secondary market for bourbon, you know, it's, the same in like Switzerland or Sweden or whatever. And you get sources over there. But a lot of my friends said, if you're going to mess with Cubans, you have to like have a validated source because there's so many fraudulent Cubans that you can't, uh, and you can't determine it just by, you know, looking at the label or you, you have to like really know your cigars to be able to identify them. But like Cohibas, for example, are like, it has to be like the top fake, right? Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. It's just a lot of Cuban. Uh, it's a lot of fake Cubans. Especially the capital is even in Cuba, Mexico, and uh, in Bahamas. Oh, my God. Mexico, Bahamas is just like, I would say, 95% are fake. Even I bought in, 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 at the airport, duty free. they were fake when I opened it. I'm like, I can't believe that. They put the seal, you know? So those countries, that stage their job literally is like to make fake Cuban cigars. I mean, in Mexico they grow tobacco and they have a gray wrapper called San Andres. San Andres is, you know, like really like high end wrapper in a way that, you know, like high end brands, they use that wrapper. But in Mexico, what they do well is the wrapper. And the wrapper is the most valuable, expensive part of the cigar It's where you look at and 70% of the cigar comes from the wrapper, you know? So that's, how special when you try Connecticut or San Andres from Mexico. There are so many rappers, but you have to find the right one. Not all the countries can grow Dominican and Dominican Republic. You cannot grow rappers. The only people uh, is Arturo Fuente because he's kind of in a location that rains a lot, so the microclimate is perfect to grow rappers.
2: See things I did not know about, <laughs> but there is one thing you know. You're talking about the fakes and stuff. It's it is funny to pop on the, the Facebook forums every once in a while and somebody will have a picture of a bourbon and they'll have a Cohiba next to it. And then there's like 300 comments oh, yeah. that says like, dude, that's a fake. That's a fake. That's a fake. So yeah. it's, uh, they run rampant. They really do. Yeah. So a lot of my friends would say,
1: start with, before you get down the rabbit hole of cigars, start with, you know, Dominican or Nicaragua cigars because most of them are not fraudulent and they're very good, just as good, if not, you know, some are better, but Cuba's obviously the, you know, the Kentucky uh, bourbon for cigars, but uh Dominican and Nicaragua have uh, you know, some good offerings as well. I think Evie's is gonna t- tell <laughs> or, you oh, no. That's not
2: that's not it. Yeah. Hey, this
1: is just what my friends tell me. So you, right, you no. take me to school.
0: No, no, no. It's <laughs> fine. I, you know, like <sighs> I will say 99.9%. Everyone I know think Cubans are the best. And it's not like, you know, everything in life is preference. You know, you can have a Nikra one and you can it's just, if we, we do, they do it a lot, especially in Europe, they do a lot of blind tasting. So when they remove tarin, the you don't know if you're smoking a Coiva or 99 cent cigar from the gas station. You don't know where you're having, right? So when they're done with the blind tasting, they go, yeah, everyone, 20 people vote for number three. And when they opened it, yeah, number three is, I don't know, Honduran tobacco. Oh, really? I thought it was Cuban. And then everyone, uh, the least favorite was the Cuban. I'm like, oh my God, how is that? You know, everything's life is marketing, <laughs> you know? So Cuban, they do have the reputation. they always going to be famous. Like I say, if you find, if I can find a good one, you're lucky. But nowadays, Cuban cigar, the quality control sucks big time. You know, it's just like look, something that I always like, the ash. When you smoke it, I wish I was having a Cuban cigar to show you. The ash usually is black. When, next time when you smoke oh. a Cuban cigar, look at the ash. This is a neat one. I don't know if you can see. It's kind of gray-white. Yeah,
2: gray. Yep.
1: More gray. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right. it looks like
2: kind of standard, I guess, maybe.
0: Right. So when you smoke a Cuban, almost all of them are almost black. So that means the soil is not that rich. When you find this white gray, it means like the soil was really rich. It was The tobacco was growing in a rich soil, right? So Cuban, I'm telling you, like, quality control is not that good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm Cuban, and I'm proud to be Cuban, but I'm not proud of Cuban cigars at all. For me, it's just ridiculous, the price, like, everything behind, you know, it's just like... I mean, I don't compare Cuban cigar to bourbon because I have so much respect for bourbon so <laughs>
2: <laughs> smart move smart move
0: <laughs> no, but nowadays you can find a lot of great C- um cigars, not Cuban, you know
2: yeah and I guess for let's say there's somebody like me that is not is pretty novice and wants to get into it or or wants to you know, have a cigar once every blue moon and I want to go to my local shop. What do you recommend for somebody that's like, just need something light, something that pairs with like a sweet bourbon or something like that?
0: Well, I think bourbon is one of the best pairing with any cigar. I mean, don't do any like high proof, like nothing crazy because you don't want to do that. Uh, But um, it's just like always you need to ask a lot of questions, especially to the tobacconist or, you know, the manager, the owner of the store. Uh, You always Go for a medium. I don't really recommend mild because I know it's like Connecticut. I don't like Connecticut that much because usually Connecticut, they offer bitter. It's a little bit of bitterness in the wrapper. Uh, But like this cigar, for example, this is the only cigar in the market that is 100% organic. It's made in Nicaragua. It's been aged for almost four years. And, you know, it's the same like wine. The older, the better. So what's going on with this cigar is like, like I say, it's a medium. You can pair with any bourbon and having an Eagle Red right now. So you don't have to go for the Connecticut. You can just ask for a medium cigar. You say, hey, I've, like Dominicans tend to be a little more smooth and creamy. Depend, you know, like Fuente, Davidoff, uh, Ashton, they have great cigars. Uh, and then if you want to go Nicaragua, you can go with... Uh, Placencia, my father, uh, Oliva—they have amazing cigar like medium, like Temelano, that's a great cigar. Uh, from the Placencia, they only have one that is a full body, but Dalmafuego is is amazing. It have a lot of sweet notes, so it will go great with any bourbon. You know, don't do rye. <laughs> I love rye, but I don't know pairing cigar with rye is kind of funny.
2: Is it just like the rye is a just too spicy of a characteristic that that really comes through? I I really. I totally get what you're saying. Like, don't go for a Booker's or one of those like 125 proof Willets or anything like that and stick with something that's, you know, probably below 100 proof because that's what's going to make a lot of the flavors start coming out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like, no, I'm not saying like, oh, don't do any high proof bourbon with cigar. But if you do that, try to find like a milder cigar. If you do a full body cigar and a high proof bourbon, you're going to burn your palate. Literally, you're not going to enjoy anything. It's just like so much going on that, I, I, I no recommend that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so do you recommend, you said like a sweeter bourbon? Like like to me, Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, you know, those Wellers are more sweeter. Oh, whereas yeah. you have Russell's or Heaven Hillers, kind of more raw spice, a little... Now, is there a cigar you could pair with those spicier bourbons?
0: Of course, it's a cigar for everything, <laughs> but it's just like.
2: <laughs> of course, it's <laughs> a cigar for
1: everything.
0: Yeah, now, I mean, I pair a cigar with tea, with when I'm eating, if I'm having pasta. I mean, I pair a cigar with. Almost everything. But it's just like preference. Maybe I recommend something you're going like, oh come on, Evie. So you know, that doesn't go well because I know that I don't like sweet that much, or I'm more like spicy. You know what I mean? It's just like it's preference. No, like I would never say, try this with this. It's gonna be the perfect. Maybe you try and you're like, ah, I don't know, I'm really a fan of that, you know.
2: I don't know if I've ever heard of the pasta cigar. You're like, Yeah, this is the <laughs> one I always have with my my uh, my rigatoni every day.
0: <laughs> Well, it's it's just I smoke a lot, so I I sometimes I smoke and eat. I know it sounds crazy, but they do a lot of pairing with uh with steak, cigar. Oh my god, that's amazing! Having a piece of ribeye or fillet or whatever, you need to find what you know make your palate happy. You know.
2: So it says you're you're smoking all the time. So how many cigars do you think you're smoking on a on an average day?
0: Uh well, I use I was smoking three to five. Now, I cannot smoke in my office, so I'm smoking like two a day.
1: That sounds like my bourbon regimen. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Do you, uh, what about in the morning with breakfast? You know, I'm always, every time I go to Florida, you know, like Southern Florida, I'm always, you know, enamored, you wake up, go, I go do like my early walk or run and I see people having espresso and smoking cigars at like 6.30 in the morning. And I'm like, so what's good with pairing with coffee or espresso?
2: Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. shopify.com slash bourbon.
1: So what's good with pairing with coffee or espresso?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... This, actually, this cigar was my morning cigar for four months. The Placencia Reserve Original, because it's a medium. It's not that that mild, but the morning cigar, I think, is the best cigar of the day. Why? Because your palate is clean. When you smoke at night, you already have breakfast, you already had lunch, snack, whatever you had during the day. I don't know how many coffee, how many smoothies, whatever, you know, but the morning It's just you get all the flavor. Your palate is fresh. You know, you're having your coffee or whatever, tea. So with coffee, everything goes well. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I know all my friends, they do pairing with coffee. So usually in the morning, never do a full body. Nobody really smoke a full body in the morning. Full body is more like after dinner, you know, like late evening. When you want to take a nap. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah, morning I would say mild to medium, medium body. More, no more than that.
1: So, what is it about cigar? Every time I partake in one, it like I turn into like Chatty Cathy, and like I start to get like ideas and want to talk and like have a conversation. Uh, what is it like about? Really? Like a head buzz? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: I I always say cigars bring people together. It make you relax. It really changes your mood. Uh, when I was working in retail, I remember seeing those, these cops and lawyer like, oh, I need a break. I need my cigar. They came crampy and like, oh, I have this meeting it went bad. After we're done with the cigar, bye, Evie's, have a great day. I'm like, okay, you know, like it really changes your mood it make you relax. For this, you need time. You need 45 minutes. You need whatever, you know, if the cigar is short, 35 minutes. So you're not going to be in a rush. You don't puff, puff like cigarette. So you need to relax. You need to enjoy. Even if you're doing a pairing, you want to take the notes, you know, like I enjoy a cigar when I'm smoking by myself. When I'm in a group, like socially smoking, I'm not really a hundred percent thinking like, okay, what's that note? I mean, what, I, what I'm tasting. It's just like puffing. You're just talking and laughing and whatever you're doing. Right. But when you're by yourself, oh boy, you can taste everything, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I found another one, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, I will say in the morning and just I like to relax by myself and just have my cigar in the morning, not talking to anybody and just relax.
2: <laughs> you had mentioned taking notes when you're, when you're smoking, is that, is that something that, that you do quite often is, I mean, we do it all the time for bourbon and we try to say like, oh, this has, you know, oak and coffee and toffee and all these other kind of things. Do you, do you do the same exact kind of thing with cigars as well? Should I say we do it because people want to know what we think? I'm just mm-hmm. kind of curious, like what you know, what what's what's Evie's lo- regimen here? Yeah, dear friends are like give us some tasting notes, Evie's.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, if it's someone that really knows about cigars, are gonna be listening to the podcast, are gonna be like, what? What are you talking about? We don't, we don't really discuss like whiskey, like oh, this nose cigar is more like. At the beginning, I was doing that a lot because I was trying to develop my palate. You know, I was trying to know what I'm doing, what what I'm tasting. And then I was doing the research, okay, this cigar is have tobacco from this part of the country. So, it should have this tasting notes, right? So, I was like, oh, was right. I taste the spicy. I taste the chocolate, right? But I don't do that anymore. I usually smoke what, like I said, I've been smoking this cigar for five years already. So I know what, what I'm expecting. That's why I keep coming back. I know what I'm getting, you know. I may be pairing with a different bourbon, but I know what, what the cigar is going to offer me, right? So it's about consistency. In the, in the tobacco, it's, you don't find that consistency. That doesn't happen with Cuban cigar. You can smoke one Coiva today, and two years later, it's going to be a completely different blend. And with Nick Rowan and Tomini Ken, it should be the same blend always. It's about the consistency. You're expecting, you have to give the final consumer what they had the first time they smoked two, three years ago. So that's super important, but I don't take notes anymore. <laughs> I used to do it at the beginning. So
1: no, <laughs> so no cigar quickies coming from Evis. No, not not from Evis. not this time. <laughs> yeah. One thing I know whenever I smoke cigars, you know, and have a night of drinking, it just like lingers with me that next day, you know, it's like in my mouth. Like you can't get, you know, you're like, that taste like You can I just brush want your teeth gone, 10 you know? times yeah. and it's still there. You got any tips or tricks for that or just light up another one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I get that question a lot and I don't want to be rude, but it doesn't happen to me. I think I brush my teeth really well. But <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe I'm lazy.
0: No, it's just like go like, like crazy to my tongue, like especially, like, okay. And, um, uh, I mean, baking soda is the secret to keep your teeth white. So I usually do a little bit of baking soda with my toothpaste and brush. So that's a trick No, a lot of people know. And that kind of removes the to, to, to tobacco flavor a lot.
2: There's the trick, Ryan. So now you figured it out. I need a Sonicare and yeah, baking soda. <laughs> so there's one thing that, that I want to go back to. This is something that I'm not aware of. You kept on talking about aging cigars you said some were like aged 10 years you know there's a lot of stuff in cuba that there's really not aged over two years how do you age something because this is something that I'm, I'm not particularly aware of
0: okay so the first process when they the tobacco is ready they put it in the factory it's called the aging room so in that aging room you can find there are two kind i mean you can age the tobacco in the pilones Pilones is like a big bag full of tobacco, tobacco leaf. So they leave it there for years. Okay, it could be one, two years. You go, you buy. Hey, I want my private label. I want two years old tobacco is here. I want five years old tobacco is over there. Right. So everyone, ha- everything have a different price. But then you can, when you roll those cigars, you should leave it in the aging room for at least three, four weeks, right? Some people leave it for more. It would be perfect to leave it for years, but usually people don't leave it for more than seven months. Those cigars are ready. They put it in the boxes. They send, send it to uh, retail. They sell the cigars. But the tobacco have two processes. When it's like this cigar, like I told you, it was spinach for almost four years. If I leave it in the humidor for another four, it's going to be eight years old. Right. So you can age the tobacco in the humidor. I have seven humidors and I have one. <laughs> well, I have seven humidors and one is 3000 count humidor. I have a lot of cigars.
2: What? Oh my gosh.
0: Oh uh, Yeah. So I have one humidor, especially aging. Those cigars, I have Cuban, I have Nicaragua. And I have some limited edition you don't find anymore. So, you know, when I look at the cigar, I know, okay, this one, uh, the tobacco has been aged for 10. I have it in the humidor for already five, so it's already 15. So the older the tobacco, the better. If it is more like, you know, like it's one Davidoff is since 1988. It's almost 33 years old. So that cigar, obviously, they've been aging that tobacco in the aging room in the factory for 33 years, right? They decided to start rolling the cigar. It's $500 now, one stick.
2: One (laughs) Wow. I mean, I figured you have to start rolling it at some point or like before ants start eating it or something like that. There goes your investment into it.
0: Oh, no. You can even find pre-embargo cigars from the 50 for, you know, it's crazy. This industry is beautiful. But yeah, there's some cigars that are super... Limited edition, and you can age. You can find a cigar that you like and keep it. Like, I have a few of these, like, been aging for almost 10 years already. So, I don't touch those. I'm excited to touch those maybe next year. So, yeah.
2: That sounds pretty awesome. So, what are your, what are your thoughts on, because we all heard that, you know, they have the Pappy Van Winkle cigars, and they uh, just barrel aging cigars in general. Like, what's your thoughts on barrel aging?
0: Ooh, Yeah.
2: I mean, this is also coming from a. Listen, it's also coming from a, somebody that's a certified bourbon steward as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just like in bourbon is amazing, cigars are amazing. Separate when you blend those together, it's a disaster. That's my humble opinion. I respect everyone's opinion. What I say is a disaster because while you're looking in a tobacco, you want to get the flavor from the tobacco. You want to taste what is the tobacco from Nicaragua, the Dominican, or the Cuban. Like, you want to taste the soul of Cuba, right? Why are you going to have notes of uh, bourbon, the barrel age, blah, blah, blah? You know, like for me, that's confusing. I had a few and I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish it because I don't like infused tobacco. I don't like, like, I want to taste the leaf. I don't want to taste, you know, I can purr, like I'm doing right now. I'm having bourbon and having a cigar. But those people that dip a cigar in the bourbon, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, like I say, everything's preference, but coming from a cigar sommelier, you don't do that. You don't, you don't put your cigar inside cognac or... I'm not against flavor cigar, but those are for beginners. Those for people that they don't have the respect for to leave. You know what I mean?
1: You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> Keep the bourbon away from the tobacco. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. So, so talk about humidors. Uh what what's like a good level to spend? Say I want to, you know, maybe have like twenty to thirty sticks on hand at a time. And, you know, nothing too crazy, but what's a good price range to, you know, or a brand to to get in humidors and like, what percentage humidity should I keep it at and whatnot to, to make sure? um
0: Yeah, you can find good humidor for $50, 80 I don't recommend the glass top. You know, those beautiful humidors that have the glass top. Why? Because the lighting dried the cigar. Besides the lighting, you have the AC. Like, there's so many factors that are going to ruin the cigar. They look beautiful, but I don't recommend it to anybody. Like I say, I have seven. I don't even have one glass top humidor. So temperature, like humidity should be 70 to 75. That would be the perfect humidity for a cigar. And yeah, like they're really like good brands like um, DuPont have humidors. Uh, uh, what's the name? Um there's some made in China they're, they're good, you know, for $50, $80. If you're gonna have 20 30 cigar, you're not really a cigar aficionado. Every cigar aficionado would never have 20 or 30 cigar. So you know, like you can spend 50, Very
1: $50. amateur, very amateur.
0: <laughs> 50, 80 dollars should be okay. You can have a nice humidor. I would recommend like you obviously it should be cedar inside to close. It have to be, you have it have to be completely sealed. So if you have the key, you can close that, you know, 70%, 75% humidity.
1: How much is a 3,000 cigar humidor?
0: It's a huge cabinet. It's, it's a bit, it's like a side of the fridge, something like huge.
2: I got to I gotta see this this humidor one day. <laughs> this thing must be a monster.
0: Oh, yeah. And I have it in my room. I, I wake up, I, don't, I see cigars everywhere. But yeah, it's just... <laughs>
1: It's like a can- our, our basements, you know, bourbon bottles everywhere, just laying mm. everywhere. You got yeah. cigars everywhere.
2: Kind of talk a little bit about your, your journey into bourbon. And we've we talked a lot about cigars and you've been schooling us a lot here, but kind of thoughts on, on, you know, where, how did, how did bourbon become something that influenced you? Because we've, we've met before uh, in real life and stuff like that through different bourbon events. So talk about just how you started getting into it.
0: Well, that was like maybe seven, seven or eight years ago. I was more like into like old fashion. Like I didn't know much. It was like bullet and maker's mark. I, you know, I didn't have any, not even basic knowledge in whiskey. So then uh, my first whiskey event it's been almost five or six years. I went to a McAllen. It was Scotch. I'm sorry. So after that, with Here, let's
2: go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna cut the interview short. That's uh, that's
0: I, yeah, I'm gonna make it short. I'm so
2: sorry.
0: Well, so after that, I was like, hey, you know, you know, like. I like it need why people put in eyes. So I started doing research. You know, I was like, okay, I want to know more about bourbon. You know, I'm in America. Come on. You know, like bourbon is the number one like spirit for me in a way that you when you start learning and the whole process is beautiful. I've been to Kentucky a few times and I love that state. You guys rock. <laughs> so I, you know, I think what they're doing is amazing and it's so similar to cigars that I have a lot of respect for everyone making, you know, like, I'm a big fan of Heaven Hill. There's so many distillers They're doing an amazing job forever. You know, they're being around forever. Uh, but yeah, it was like old fashioned. And then I, I started, you know, like met Eric, Scotch Time. He also have bourbon and time. So this guy was like my mentor in a way. I love him. He's one of my best friends. And he teached me a lot, you know, it was going toward his event. And then I was like, I I really want to know more. I don't wanna be just like, oh yeah, I like bourbon, but why? I wanna know what's the difference with rye and bourbon. And, you know, and and it's beautiful. And like I told you, I think it's one of the best pairing for cigars are bourbon, it's bourbon, no doubt.
1: What's uh, harder to become a bourbon steward or a cigar sommelier?
0: Uh, Bourbon (laughs) steward. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because I had knowledge in cigars, you know, but for bourbon, I was like, oh God, okay, here we go.
2: <laughs> Going down that learning path and kind of talk about just your journey of, of trying different bourbons. How did, how did you, I mean, you had mentioned starting off with like bullet and makers and stuff like that. How did you end up trying new things, figuring out what you like and what to pair with different cigars and everything like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm having ego right now, and uh, I love plantons and and Barson Company, they're making so many great bourbon, but it's just like, I don't really have, like, a favorite, like, something that I would go to, it's just, I feel like every bourbon obviously has something different to offer, and a big fan of rye, like, I love rye a lot, you know, like, I have more rye than bourbon bottles. Um, But not with
2: the cigar, though, right?
0: No, no, no. No, I, I mean,
2: there's, there's really no cigar you can have with a rye whiskey? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, like I say, it's preference, but I don't really enjoy cigar with rye. I don't know. It's just it's, it's so much going on in my mouth. I'm like, okay, I should pick one, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the bourbon industry is amazing, the community. And I am so lucky to have met like you and so many people in the industry that are so passionate about it. That is impressive.
1: How's the cigar community? Is it, is there a community like, you know, is there secondary like Facebook groups and all these different meetups and people hating on each other? Like, no, that one sucks. This sucks. Or that one's good. You know, is it very similar as the yeah. bourbon community?
0: Yeah. I think cigars are a little more serious. I think bourbon, because obviously it's alcohol, everyone's like, haha, happy, a little bit more chill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, cigars, the, are- it's not, as, it's not as big as bourbon or, you know, in general whiskey, you know, cigar is a really small industry. I got you.
2: Yeah. So when you are trying to go through your bourbon journey and you're also kind of getting into scotch, and said you did like your McAllen event and stuff like that, when, you're, when you are smoking and when would you grab a bourbon versus a scotch or is there a scotch that actually pairs relatively well with, with cigars as well?
0: Well, I'm a big fan of sherry casks. Any sherry casks would pair well with cigars. So that's why I love like the Macallan, Glendronic, all those that make a lot of sherry casks. Even Cavillan, that is not Japanese. I know Japanese, oh, people are like, oh my God, Japanese. Because it's hard to find. The same with Cuban cigar. Whatever is hard to find, like poppy, you know, oh, it's the best, it's the best. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right,
2: whatever. Right,
0: it's just like, oh, I have a poppy bottle. Okay, good for you. You know, it's just like... When you know, you know, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I love scotch. I do love scotch. I would say that's my first love. But then, bourbon is my number one with pairing with cigars because scotch, then you have to pity, you have some smoky, you have some, it's a lot going on with, they're missing so many barrels that sometimes it's like, it's a lot to pair with cigars. So, that's why I always recommend bourbon.
2: Yeah, but how does the how does the peat play into it? Because Ryan and I, we've done reviews on on peated bourbons, and we've also had our fair share of peated scotches. And every time, I'm just like, nope, can't, no. do no, it. it's terrible. Yeah. It, it's gone bad. It's gone bad. Nobody drink the. Nobody. I can the do the peat. sherry scotches. Those
1: or sherry cask finish. Those are those are palatable. Uh, yeah, give me a <laughs> peated, peated though. Today. Pita, yeah. though, oh, man, that's like... Oh,
0: yeah, no, I get can't. Get out of here. Yeah, I can. You know, it's just... I feel the same, guys. I don't do pita at all. It's just... I can't. It's the same with tequila. I like tequila, but I don't do mezcal. And people are like, how? I you don't do mezcal? It's just the nose. You know, like, this is the first thing we do, right? The first thing we do. If you don't like the smell, okay, you give it a try. And, you know, and the nose is so important. And I don't do pita. I can't take it. You know, it's just... I don't do smokiness. <laughs> Just smoking gotta, my cigar.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to choose your smoke. That's kind of the way it goes, right? You, if you're gonna smoke, you want the real smoke, right? Oh
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's definitely what it comes down to. So, I mean, this was this was fantastic, Evie, to be able to talk to you. You gave us a a, a great history about you, uh, about you know, kind of growing up in Cuba and how cigars really influenced uh, a lot of that, and kind of what led you to now smoking, you know, three, four, five, six cigars a day kind of thing. Mm. I mean, hats off to you. I uh, I don't think I could do it. I, I'd be, I'd be worn out after the first day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it takes a lot of time. And, you know, like, it's just like when you're passionate about something, I don't even think about like, it's, no, it's just my, it's part of my life. You know, I love cigars so much that it's part of every day. I don't post every time I'm smoking a cigar because it's just it's my me time. I don't have to share what I'm smoking, you know. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like you guys with the bourbon.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, again, Evie's, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to learn more about you, they want to hire you for a cigar and bourbon pairing. Uh, how do they do that?
0: Well, they can follow me on Instagram, Cigar Lover 12 I would promise to reply. <laughs> I do have a lot of message. But yeah, it will be on Instagram, CigarLover12. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It's been amazing.
2: Absolutely. Very, very happy to have you here. So make sure you follow EVS. Make sure you follow us, Bourbon Pursuit, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on all the socials as well. Don't do rye and cigars. Yes, just yeah, just don't do your rye and cigars. Say that, <laughs> that away. And I, I'll, I'll put a challenge out there. If there's anybody that thinks that they have a good rye and cigar pairing, go ahead and uh, uh, you know hit us all up on Instagram, and we'll we'll put it to the test.
0: And a hundred percent sure, someone is not one. Maybe five or six. They're gonna come out. Yes, I have the perfect pairing, and they can be right. You know, it can be perfect for them. It's just like I say, it's preference, <laughs> not like rye run way to do it.
2: No, no, it's whatever Evie says goes. Yeah, Evie's <laughs> lost. Yeah, You get two votes in that, that battle right there. <laughs> all right. But cheers, everybody, and we'll see you all next week.